0: shalom, everyone you'll remember uh, last week I was uh, talking to you about a portion from chapter 17 of Matthew uh, about focus about where we ought to be focusing our attention so here in this uh, in this next portion from the Gospel of Matthew what we just read from chapter 18 uh, we, we see another Example of how, when our focus is uh, misdirected, that we can wind up in trouble. So, immediately after all the things that happened, if you were re- if you read through chapter 17 of Matthew, uh, and all that happened first the transfiguration, then the, the, the business about he- healing the. Uh, demon possessed boy all of the issues uh, of their distraction their, these young men who are following Messiah Yeshua being distracted by all the activity even after all of that and after all the teaching that Messiah Yeshua went through with them regarding that the beginning of chapter 18 uh, tells us that they ask another question now, you think they, they would have been disciplined by now, or maybe chastised might be a better word. But it says, <clears throat> at that time, the disciples came to Yeshua and they said, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? So right away, it seems like their, their issues are, 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 they're not focused on what Messiah Yeshua is saying, because one of the last things he had just said to them was that, you know, soon he was going to be traveling to Jerusalem and there he was going to be executed by uh, the authorities there uh, before he was raised from the dead and they just didn't get it maybe they didn't believe him or maybe they they, they didn't understand what he was trying to tell them about the meaning of discipleship in the kingdom of heaven and that's really what I want to talk to you and me about today and you just heard a portion read that you probably just like I don't know maybe maybe you blew right past it or maybe I miss I don't uh, maybe I shouldn't prejudge it because that's bad too. Uh, but Yeshua said something about listen if your hand offends you cut it off. If your eye offends you blow it out. And we and we tend to think about these things, and we you know. He didn't really mean that, (laughs) you know. He didn't mean for us to get, you know, start mutilating ourselves, did he? And I don't think he meant that we should be mutilating ourselves, but he did want to call our attention to the seriousness of what it means to be a believer. And I think that sometimes we take that for granted. We take for granted that we have a loving Messiah, we take for granted that we have someone who cares for us so much. Now I loved my son's drash today, but I would have added one little thing to it. Um, and that's this. Zorah is indeed a spiritual malady. It's not a physical disease. But the separation between Tatsuriya and mitzvah. Is repentance. That's that was the missing element there. That you stay outside the camp and you're isolated from your family, your friends, from God, because of the sins that Jared named, namely hatred, evil speech, the things that actually do isolate you from other people. You know? When we hate, when we disregard, when we speak evil of others, we self-isolate. Only when we can change our own heart about that can we be healed finally. Now, most of us would not think of ourselves in the tatseria, you know, in the, in the Tzorats category. Particularly, we're all lovely people. We all, you know, do all the right things all the time? Or do we? These are young men, and here they are thinking about the future, thinking about all the glorious things that are going to be happening to them as a result of the Messiah's entrance into Jerusalem. So it's only natural, of course, right, to ask the question, who's the greatest in the kingdom? because after all that's what I want to be right that's, that's you know it's kind of a legitimate question you know don't we all want to be great in the kingdom of heaven but how do we mark greatness I suppose is, a, is the answer let's listen to Messiah Yeshua's answer to them I don't know what they were expecting but probably not what he did it says he called a child to himself, and he said, said to them, he set him before them, and he said, truly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become like children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Become like children. Should we all, like, you know, get silly and immature? Of course he doesn't mean that does he what, the, what are children like you know I, my wife and I have raised three kids we have a little bit of an idea anyone who has has some idea of their children and uh, you know having raised them from being little to now being adults you know it's, I have a whole range of things I could say about children but I, he brought a, a small child to them and I can remember when my kids were small, they had certain qualities that I wished would never go away. Things like dependence. They were dependent on us, relied upon us, trusted us to do what was right. Their transparency was evident they didn't try to hide anything and if they did they weren't very good at it. Because you could see right through them. And because of their transparency they were vulnerable. When you're transparent, you're vulnerable. But is that an evil thing, necessarily? And they identify with their parents. I tell everybody this, you know, when kids are young They identify with you. They see themselves through your eyes. It's what they know and what is familiar and what makes them comfortable and safe. They also seek to identify with you. I'm sorry, seek to emulate you. Whatever you're doing, that's what they're doing. Think of mommies, think of your daughters, you know, when you know they want to dress like you, they want to for the first time they see you doing the makeup, they want to do that. They emulate us. Because we're their example, and they trust us. And they're open-hearted. This is what I love most about my kids. Typically, I'm thinking of one, but I don't want to name it because then, you know, the other two get mad. <laughs> Open-hearted. You can always see right into them. They're always loving. They always had, even when you have a bad day, there they are. Right, parents? Can you identify with most of those things? Because I'm leaving out all the uh, you know the whiny stuff and all that, out, you know. But those are some of the great qualities of young people, and as we get older, they disappear for some reason, and we call and we call it maturity in our insanity, and we lose our dependence. That's what. You know, that's what teenagers are. We lose our transparency, our vulnerability, our desire for vulnerability, let's put it that way. And of course we want to break from the identity of our parents. All of these things happen to us as we get older. And Yeshua says no What you see as maturity is a mistake. Because the ones who will enter the kingdom are those who are the children of God. The children of God. These are the traits that make for a good disciple of Messiah Yeshua. A one who won't have to worry about cutting off his arms and legs. But can we be that? Because here's what it takes. He says, in verse 4, he says, whoever then humbles himself as this child, he is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see what it takes? The word we hate. Humility. To humble ourselves, to submit ourselves, to let go of our egos. You see, again, Dr. Sarat, it's a sin of pride. And pride is isolating. The minute you think you're better than another, you have isolated yourself from those others. And you can't return to the community until you can rid yourself of that. That's why Surat, that's why the Torah has to stay out. Till he's, till he's healed. And you see, the priest has to come. Why not a doctor? I mean, if it's, a, if it's an infection, why not a doctor to look at it? Why a priest? What does a priest know about it? Because it's a spiritual thing. And what the priest is doing is examining your heart. It may be on your skin. But that's how... Listen, if you're a gossip, if you're a cheater, if you're a person who's nasty and hateful, it shows. It shows on your very skin. So let's not kid ourselves. What we need to do is have the humility of a child so we might adopt those characteristics of a child. And in doing so, Be the children of God. Messiah Yeshua tells us that in verse 6, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it'd be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and drowned in the depth of the sea. See, another one of those sayings of Messiah Yeshua where we just ignore it. He can't mean that. He's pointing us to how serious it is when we stumble others. Now, how can we stumble others? We stumble them with our salat. When we have evil speech, when we don't care for, for those who need us the most, when we speak evil of others. When we are so self-righteous in our religion that we turn people off to the truth. Yeshua said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw an end to myself. We don't need to show people how bloody religious we are. Or how right we are about every issue. What we need to do is learn how to love like children love don't make those distinctions. You know, we have to teach children to hate. You know that? We have to teach children prejudice. We have to teach them disregard for God, and that's another issue I'd like to address that's on my mind. Listen, if we act inconsistently toward the Lord, they will. If if you're willing to ignore the Lord and do things uh, uh, frivolously, they will. Remember, they're Seeking to emulate you. You ever want to know what your children are going to be like? Look in the mirror, and you will see them clear as as day. Now, listen. We can only. There are certain limitations to that analogy, but by and large, it's true. So, do we depend on the Lord? do we seek to identify with the way uh, with him in the way in which we live do we have open hearts these are the things which will cause people to be drawn to the Lord and not stumble over him when we have a conversation with somebody we tell people that we're believers in Messiah Yeshua does that end the conversation if it does there's something wrong maybe they see something in us that's inconsistent and ridiculous so I, why should they go any further you can't always blame it on the fact that they're unbelievers if we don't have a compelling message in, the world, in this world who does ours should be the most compelling message of all and maybe we should be the message on the other hand are we arrogant prideful stern Intolerant of others who are not like us. If we do, that'll turn them off. Or can or can we love the unlovable? Can we? Here's the next example from the Messiah Yeshua in this portion. See uh, uh, in verse uh, twelve. He says, what do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep, and one of them has gone astray, does not he leave the ninety-nine on the mountain and go and search for the one that's straying? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the ninety-nine which have not gone astray. So it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones, Is our work to restore those who are lost in this world? You know, it's our business to make every effort to go after those who are straying. Not to worry about the ones who are not. You know, it's easy. You know, I have to check this in myself all the time. But it's easier for me to think about those who actually care about what we're doing than to worry about the ones who do not. Let me explain what I mean by that. All of us want affirmation in this world. We do. And so it's cool to be hanging around with people who agree with you about everything. When I talk, that they listen to what I have to say. But what about those who do not, who for some reason cannot hear the message that we're trying to deliver? Do we simply disregard them because it's easy? Oh, if they want to go to hell, let them. Clearly, Messiah Yeshua says, no, that's not it. In fact, in verse 11, it says, for the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. He didn't come for people who already knew God. He came for those who did not. And that meant leaving everybody else to go outside the camp to get him. So rather than hanging around, in other words, in your life, if all you know are believers, if all of your friends are believers, and all the people you associate are believers, maybe you have a problem. I know in my life, you know, that, that's a real problem. Because I get so isolated. Being in the business, so to say, you find yourself always with people who are believers or at least making an effort toward that end. And you wind up isolated. And Messiah Yeshua says, no. Go out there and find them. That's why Yeshua was the drunken party-goer, according to some was seeking that which was lost. And we have to do the same. For the greatest in the kingdom of heaven will find find their greatest reward in the service of those who do not even love God. Can you imagine that? finally, this extends to the people on the outside how much more so does it extend to those of us on the inside of God's kingdom in verses 15 and following he he teaches another lesson he says if your brother's sin if your brother sins excuse me go and show him his fault in private if he listens to you you've won your brother but if he does not listen to you, take one or two more with, with you, so that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every fact may be confirmed. I'm going to stop right there before we go on to the last part. Because the whole point of this lesson that Yeshua is teaching us is about rest- restoration, not judgment. You know, one of the, you know, I keep going back to our study of the book of Revelation, for those of us who participated in that, and I want to encourage others when we do the next class. We find out great things. But one of the great things we, I hope we all discover, I certainly discovered it, was that the book of Revelation is not a book about judgment. It's a book about re- restoration. It's a book about completion. It's a book about what God really wants for the whole world. Not a scary book. It's the most hopeful book in the Bible. And this is about that same principle of loving people enough, having those qualities of childlikeness, where we're dependent on the Lord for the answer in restoration. Where we're willing to be transparent with people. Where we're willing to be vulnerable. In other words, to get hurt. To get fooled by the person who may or may not be willing to repent. To identify with Messiah Yeshua, who died for the sinner. And to emulate him in dying. It's okay. Because love and forgiveness is truly what it is all about. To live our lives with an open heart. It's easy to get jaded in this business. Let me tell you what, right? People say all wonderful things about you. They love the Lord, or at least you think they do. And then, boom, something terrible happens. And they leave the Lord. They hurt you. Or something like that. And you know, it's easy to just shut your heart down. Say, I can't take it anymore. I don't want to do this. Forget it. Just live a life of hard-heartedness. But that's not what this life is about. This life is about an open heart. A broken heart. To To have hearts that are willing to look at others... And give them hope for restoration and life. It's a last resort, verse 17. He says, if he refuses to listen, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to them, then let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. It's true, Messiah Yeshua said those things. But just like he said the other ones, He went to the cross anyway. And he died for those very same people. So he tells us that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose shall have been loosed in heaven. What shall we bind and what shall we loose? We can bind up the sinner and throw him into into Gehenna or we can loose him and, like that bird, set him free. Our job is restoration and hope. But in order to do that, we have to be like children. Let's think like a child. Let's think with the heart of a child. Let's hope with the mind of a child. And that's love with the love of a child. Lord our God, you say hard things. And you call us to hard things. To be childlike when we've learned so so much so not to be that way. And all all the circumstances of life fight against it. Strip us from those wonderful qualities that we had as children. Renew us, O Lord, in our faith in Messiah Yeshua and the power of your Holy Spirit. So that we can be like those children. Anyone who receives one such child in my name receives me. May we be like those children. And may we receive the Messiah Yeshua who will forever be our king. We pray. Amen. Congregation, I know I'm asking hard things. Messiah Yeshua asked very hard things of us. One of these days, we're going to go over every hard saying that he ever said. Probably by the end of it, there will be three of you in the room. But three three people who can change the world. (laughs) Put it that way. Well, I pray that we can all learn how to live as children, to restore the joy of, uh, of that heart that we once enjoyed. We can do so by connecting our heart to the heart of our Messiah, Yeshua. So I direct your attention to him one more time.